If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mister. It's Mister Ben Errington. Mister Ben Errington, how the devil are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm okay. <laughs> it was my it was <laughs> it was my turn to be ill, so oh, we had a week yeah. off when you were ill. Then yeah. I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll wait a week and then I'll have here. my week off. You showing me with back. his sniffles. You want to see some sniffles? Yeah. Check out these nostrils. <laughs> Check out these nostrils. So it's a A A grade sniffles I had. Yep, but I'm better now. So let's bloody get on with it. Eh? Get on with it. Is that? Uh, have we got any news? Have you looked up any? You just got back from the cinema, so you maybe you don't have time to put. Uh, no, no, Luke. I oh, take I take this very seriously. Yeah. I got yeah. got some news ready to go. <laughs> Uh, so obviously we missed a few bits that we could have probably discussed last week, but so it's a bit of a catch-up news-wise, although I haven't got loads. Um, don't know if you heard about this. Sam Raimi. I've heard of him. Directing. Is you've he? heard of him. He's all right, <laughs> isn't he? Directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, apparently this has been reported by it? Variety. I don't think it's officially confirmed by official sources, either Sam himself or Marvel Studios. Obviously, we lost Scott Derrickson um, on on the film. He didn't die. Yeah, he, he, made just, sound uh, like he died then. Like, yeah, he's he alive. Yeah, he, uh, he was he, he was let go after creative differences. Um, and obviously, one thing we did hear about this was that it was going to be very horror orientated, or perhaps have horror elements in it. I guess when Scott Derrickson got let go, we thought, okay, well, it's probably not going to be a horror film then. Now, but now Sam Raimi's been added. First um, superhero movie directed, obviously, since the Spider-Man trilogy, but first, also first superhero movie directed in quite a while. Is it since Spider-Man 3 or Drag Me to Hell? What was the last one? He did. He's been producing uh, a lot. Oz, he's, Oz. He's... It was a Wizard of Oz one, I think. Correct. You're correct. Yes. Oz the great and powerful. So, 
one point to you in trivia. Thank you. Um, so he's, his name's been attached to a lot of things with Ghost House Pictures, uh, Crawl, Don't Breathe, and recently The Grudge. His name's been sort of slapped about because people think, you know, he can flex his horror muscles and we'll get a, a different um, sort of audience. But how do you feel about him if he's possibly going to direct this in the Multiverse of Madness? Mate, after watching the film we're talking about today, uh, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Who knows what how what the results will be? <laughs> Who knows? Anything can happen. He, he might make Spider-Man 4 and just call it Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> and it might oh, be Doctor Strange yeah. is there as well. Yeah. And it might be great, exactly. So yeah, that that's that. If if that if that got if if that got confirmed, that would probably be nice. I'd like it confirmed. I saw Scott Derrickson and the screenwriter dude. Sorry, his name escapes me C. currently. Robert and the Gargill. screenwriter dude. Uh, yeah, might be. Uh, I'm sure it is. You're right. There we go. I don't know. I'm doubting you. Uh, they both voiced their um, apparent uh, pleasure at this this uh, inevitable appointment. So. There we go. Everyone's happy. They're probably not happy. They're probably deep down fuming. Like, Sam Raimi, eh? You get Sam Raimi in. Because they must have known that he was like, uh, he must have been circling it before they eventually booted Scott Derrickson off of it. I don't Who knows how it works? I don't know. Who knows how it works? But I'd assume that a big studio would have somebody in mind. I'm sure they've been paid a fucking bomb. Yeah, yeah. It's like football manager, ain't it? You don't sack a football manager until you've got another one lined up. That's what I reckon, anyway. Hmm. Similar sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, what else? So, um, got a trailer last week for a film called Spiral, which is got the tagline from the Book of Saul. So, obviously, it's in the Saul universe. It's a, essentially a sequel. Is it like the ninth or the eighth part in the franchise? Yeah. Franchise that I've kind of been checked out of for a long, long time since maybe number three. Yeah. I told you my distaste so, for the last one, Jigsaw, before. I didn't watch that. But no, you don't, to be don't. fair, please don't. Did you watch this? Did you watch this trailer, Luke? Uh, I did um, a scrub watch, so I just kind of yep. straight through and thought, hmm. scrub. Yeah. To be fair, it kind of looks no different to any thing that's come before it, except that you know there's a spiral instead of a. So <laughs> well, I don't know. Jigsaw puzzle. Whatever it was for. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm a little more open-minded. Uh, uh, it's Darren, right, Darren, Lynn, <laughs> Darren Lynn Bowsman who's made this one. I think he made the second one, uh, which okay. uh, was better and than the fourth. Them. And the fourth one. Okay, I don't, I don't know about that one. He also made um, uh, the rock opera thing, the one with Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Have you seen that? Rock of Ages? No, no. Um, Repo Man, no. the genetic opera. Have you seen that? It's okay, insane. Okay. It's insane. Uh, no, no, I know what that is there. And he's uh, an interesting guy. He, he tours. He does like uh, interactive theater, horror theater type stuff. Um, and uh, I've listened to him on interviews fairly recently, last year or so. And he's talking about Saw, and he, he seemed very excited. So um, I'm open minded. And you know, Chris Rock's in it. Samuel L. Jackson. People, you might be right. There might just be cameos. But now, yeah, I feel like from watching that trailer, the Samuel L. Jackson scene, I can imagine it being an opening scene. He's not in the rest of the movie. Mm. Chris Rock, obviously, a bit more of a bigger role. He's producing as well, I think. That's right. See, that again, so Chris Rock's pr- producing it as well. So I do wonder, it feels like they're trying. Uh, it does have that kind of bleached cop look. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's, there's uh, I, re- I really like films. 
I really like the poster. There's a very nice color gradient running through it, which is, yeah. I've always got a lot of time for. I don't know. There's something about it. So John Crinan, um, former guest on the podcast, but also a uh, member of Horror Hangout Board of Advisors, said it looks like one of those um, like comedy spoofs that you see on like SNL or something where it's like a mocked up trailer for something and Chris Rock happens to be in it and like the rock then we're going to get like Bambi. a ridiculous and also um, yeah. what's his name who played Hellboy um, not Ron Perlman the other Hellboy oh he David Harbour when he did uh, Groucho Groucho it looks and feels like that now nothing in the trailer corner sort of made me think okay this is going to be something mm-hmm. completely different it did kind of look like everything else but you know I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'd like that. But if it's the same old crap, then they need to put, <laughs> they officially need to put a bullet in the head of this franchise because it's been, yeah, it's been, you know, these death rows aren't, aren't uh, pleasing anybody, are they? Jigsaw. But I think we heard the same thing about Jigsaw when that was kind of announced. I was going to be completely different. It ain't called Saw, it's called someone else. Called Jigsaw. You bloody wait. And that was a load of hot shite. <laughs> from, it was. What you say, I've not, I've not seen it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, any other news? Uh, blah, 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 blah. So, fresh off the back of Oscar success, uh, Bong Joon Ho, mm-hmm. obviously Parasite won Best Picture, won Best Director, won Best International Feature. Apparently, the next film he's going to be directing is going to be an action horror film, and it's one of his next projects. Uh, Korean film located in. Located in Seoul, that's how you say it, isn't it? Korean Seoul. city. Seoul, I think. Yeah. Seoul. in Seoul has right. unique elements, horror and action. It's difficult to define the genre of my films, he said. So obviously he made The Host before, which is a really good action family horror drama. monster movie. <laughs> yeah. Fam- family drama. Exactly, family drama, which I think a lot, of this, a lot of those family dynamics I did kind of see in Parasite as well. Yeah, yeah. So he's pretty good at doing this stuff. So uh, yeah, that'd Snow- be pretty Snow- cool. Snowpiercer is one of my favourite films. Hundred um, yeah. percent, fantastic! It's a great yeah. one. It's good that he's got the recognition. Hopefully, this is going to be like his projects going forward are going to get like bigger budgets and also he looks a bit kind of, of, of a light shine. He <laughs> like looks kind he, of mad. He's got like a <laughs> uh, iconic looking mad director sort of look. So you know he's he's one of the good ones. Everything I've read of him as well, like interviews and stuff, he does seem like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, and like, and like he he's kind of against the grain a little bit in terms of big budget studios and capitalism and things. I've still not seen Okia. I think that's on. Netflix. No, me neither. So, me neither. Yeah, I've yeah. not seen it. So, yeah. um, so that's that. Uh, Lock and Key is on Netflix now. Oh man! So, so obviously, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, have you? Well, yeah, I'll talk a bit about, a bit about it. Okay, we'll get to that. So that's that's on. Um, I probably will watch it. Uh, obviously, a great comic book series, which I've read a few volumes of. I think. Yeah, the comic yeah. book. The comic book is fantastic. Okay. Uh, last bit of news is that the we discussed this back late last year, but the Blumhouse and Universal film The Hunt is apparently finally got a release date. It's going to be released on Friday the thirteenth of March. Obviously, it was dropped before because. Um, there were some there were some attacks in America, weren't they? And uh, people thought that the subject matter was maybe a little bit insincere in, to put in a film yeah. at that particular time. So it got delayed by a few months. So could be good. Um, I think I watched the trailer. I think it looks fairly interesting. Betty Gilpin is in it. 
who's in Glow and various other things. She's good. I like her. Um, but it's written by Damon Lindelof as well. So okay, it's obviously off the back of the oh, off the back of Watchmen, which is a big success. Yeah. So yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'd be be quite curious to watch that one. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much it for news that I've got. I mean, there was other news, but we mm. can't talk about it all. We'll just be here all night, mate. Okay. Well, let me just quickly jump in with Lock and Key then. Uh, so I really like the, the comic books. I think the art uh, style, Gabriel Rodriguez's art, is perfect. Like, it's it's no perfect for that story. Um, I watched... You can tell exactly the kind of tone that they've gone for with this in the opening credits, maybe like the first 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. If you like Riverdale, Sabrina, and Uh, those shows, you're probably going to like this. If you don't, I'm the one of the people who don't enjoy those particular those TV shows. That sort of um, slick, teen, crazy, um, horror-tinged fantasy. I guess mm. <laughs> fantasy drama with a horror tinge to it. Um, although Sabrina's more horror. They've gone. F- yeah, where did they've gone for that? Because I wouldn't necessarily it's assume not, this it's vibe not quite is... as Riverdale as Riverdale, but it is on that. You know, in, in that part of give, the. Map. Give us a brief rundown of the premise of. Well, Lock and Key Lock and is um, uh, a mother and three children. Uh, go the the dad's dad and family's murdered for some reason we don't find out for a little while uh they go to the house where he grew up lovecraft house uh there's lots of cool little horror mentions like that um and when they get there there's a ghost in the well and there's all these keys that have magical powers yeah i, I don't know um it feels like a it, it's made me realize how much gabriel rodriguez's art brought to it because it added a really sort of classy horror mm-hmm. note to the to the story and that's just gone like no. i don't know yeah i don't know it's just, it's not for me i watched about half an hour of it and maybe that's not enough but i was like ah. no this this isn't this is i'm not the target audience for this but I that's a shame my bags it's a shame the house. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i pecked up my balls and left <laughs> obviously we got another we got another joe hill um adaptation recently nosferatu which oh, I've only seen a couple yeah. of episodes. I've not only seen a couple of episodes of, but they seem to really capture that like really well. So yeah. that's quite disappointing that you mentioned that about. Maybe I'm wrong. Lucky. Who knows? Maybe uh, you are wrong. We've know, both seen not. Underwater, which we'll talk about yep. next week, which I think pairs yep. quite well with tonight's film. In a way, which we'll talk about probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'd watch them back to back. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Have Why you, not? Why the hell not? The only other thing I've seen that is worth mentioning is uh, Uncut Gems. Have you seen yep. Uncut Gems? I sure have. Okay. Adam Sandler uh, plays a jeweler in New York called Howie. And he's got a plan to make a ton of money from this rock. But he's he's taking loans on in one hand and he's paying people off on the other. He's got people he owes a lot of money to. Uh, he just keeps um, parlaying uh, his winnings into deeper and deeper debts because he wants to win financially or win something big in the end of the day. And it's so tense. It's about the Safety Brothers who did good times. Yes. So it's got that same similar 
That same yeah. similar uh, vibe. It's one of the most anxiety. <laughs> same similar vibe. It's one of the most anxiety-inducing films I've seen in a long time. Um, it's just got this classic look, which I think is similar to what yeah, Good Time film, had. Yeah. Shot on film. Um, there's these really nice, uh, like focus pools, and there's just something that looks really, really classic and and like classic and classy. Yeah, you could to, say that to yeah. the whole film. Like, you could say that. Yeah, oh, uh, <laughs> and I did say that. Um, but it's, it's funny as well, you know, it's not a comedy, but it's, it is funny. I found myself laughing at a lot. I think laughing out of anxiety, laughing out of anxious, it was yeah. an anxious laugh. Good time did else. a good, a good job of giving you that anxiety. But this film, there's one bit, uh, where I was like almost unable to watch because I, it's just, he's making choices. You're like, why, why are you doing that to yourself? Uh, but it, it's, I don't know why I, put, I think I tweeted about this. Why do we? Watch. Why do I enjoy films that hurt me like so much, like Green Room or these films that are like so tense and so (laughs) horrendous to watch, but they're kind of joyful in a way as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's 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 for the same reason that people enjoy horror films is because we like to we like to um, experience these extreme emotions. Yeah. Um, It's something. It's like escapism, isn't it? Because I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I can get anxious, but I'm not. I don't find myself in a consistent, constant state of like, ah. Yeah. So it is like escapism. You can experience those tense emotions, and then you tell people about that experience you had. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I I kind of want to watch it again because I saw it a little while ago, at, like before it went on Netflix, and now it's gone on Netflix. And I'm a bit like, everyone's talking about it. it makes me want to see it again. He won Best Actor, obviously, at the uh, Independent did Film Awards. Spirit Awards. Spirit Awards. <laughs> I did see a speech, which really was good. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's not really a horror movie, but it, it feels in that uh, yeah. thriller, I guess, maybe. Uh, but it's um, it's yeah, it's yeah, a bit long, I think. Two hours, two, two hours and 15 minutes. It felt a little bit long, but it was, yeah, it's great. I put, it, I put it on real late. I put it on like maybe like 11 o'clock. Yeah, I thinking <laughs> I watch a little, I watch a little bit of this, and then I'll go to sleep. But it kept, it kept me engaged. Like even though I was tired, I was like, oh, "Gotta keep watching." Yeah, is that all? You, is that all you've seen? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I've got, I've got a little list of things I've, I've seen, and I'll write them off quick. Yeah, I'm gonna go into great depth. Did I talk about the grudge last time we? Oh, what, sorry? I don't think I did. The grudge. Uh, no, no. Let's talk about that so. last time. Okay, so <laughs> let's just talk about this very briefly. Um, so I heard terrible things about it when the reviews were coming out. It was getting absolutely slammed. But I thought, you know, I'm going to go watch it. So I actually paid money, went to the cinema to watch this. Completely empty screen. Nobody nobody wanted to get grudged. Yeah. I don't know what it was for you. Yeah, moderately empty today, yeah. Anyway, The Grudge is probably one of the laziest laziest films i've i've seen in this genre um mm. like t- the 2004 remake wasn't great but it's a masterpiece compared to this basically there's no plot in this film and every single heavy-handed scare tactic you can ever imagine is is in this in this film now i discussed it like this so every <laughs> every single scene is walks into a dark room uh Am I going to be all right? Or is there going to be something bad that happens in this room? Oh, wait, there's the grudge. Ah! <laughs> Next scene. And basically, it had, like, had all these different timeline jumps. Mm. Like It was like three different timelines, all these different people. Nobody ever... There was no even no, no shred of like character or plot or anyth- anyone wanting to do anything yeah. that, would, that would like 
break the curse or find out about the curse or fight against the curse. It's just like people get grudged. Okay. People get grudged for Does 90 minutes. That's a bit of a shame because of, uh, I can't remember the director's name, Nicholas Pesci or something like that. Pes- um, he apparently made some good films. I think Piercing was one of them. Um, maybe I'm getting that mixed up. Uh, but apparently uh, does some good stuff. Piercing in the eyes of my mother. Yeah, but this yeah. was... this. Is, it's hard to say, in it? Because I bet they had, probably had quite a lot of money behind it, but yeah. it was... It was really, really poor. Like, it's I like I don't mind getting angry at a film that's so bad, but I was pretty frustrated watching this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll rattle off a few other things I've watched. So I saw um, Daniel isn't real. Oh, um, which was pretty great actually. Two really good lead performances. It's sort of like a, a someone described it as like a horror drop dead Fred, like a uh, imaginary friend thing. Loads of really good ideas. Loads of loads of the ideas like executed really well um just a pretty cool just like a really cool film as well like it didn't yeah. it didn't have that sort of riverdale sabrina which i was worried it was gonna have from from some of the visuals i'd seen yeah nope nice ni- nice and gruesome in places um i also saw david cronenberg's videodrome for the first time it's on netflix uh, currently is it really i love that film yeah that's a uh, that's so, a kind of a dirty midnight sort of watch it makes you feel yeah. a little bit wrong for watching i did it, watch it pretty late. you love it so I think the practical practical effects are amazing. Like his Cronenberg body TV horror, stuff, horror. yeah, dialed all, dialed all the way up. Debbie Harry's in it, who's pretty great. Um, I felt a bit dazed by like the plot, maybe in the final third. Like I kind of didn't know what was going on. Maybe that's yeah. the point. But yeah, I kind of liked it. Um, and then I also watched a couple more films that I've kind of like missed over the last few years. Mm. Or I say last few years, but with this one, this one's even older than that. This was probably like ten years old now. Getting on for ten years old. Uh, you're next. Oh, that's great. So I thought it was a pretty cool home of inv- home invasion home inflation film. movie. Uh, the price inflation. just skyrocket in that film. Bloody hell, the price has gone right up. I'm terrified. <laughs> um, I thought it had a really a really solid like leading lady who was fighting back against the home invade home invaders. Home inflators. Uh, <laughs> home inflators. This is about to get uh, off. <laughs> and there was loads of gore. I thought it was good. Yeah, it's a nice little ending um, as well. I remember. Yeah, pretty good ending. And then I also saw The Boy because the sequel for that is oh, coming yeah. out this month. Yeah, yeah. So, it could, in terms think? of like, in terms of like the premise, like it's a bit inconsistent. Like it tries to be one thing, then it tries to be another thing, and it doesn't really explain itself as it goes it's along. Even more inconsistent oh. now if you're in the trailer for the sequel. Oh yeah, the trailer for the sequel for. looks like a complete. Now it's like we're we're a completely different film again. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of creep. It was kind of creepy in places, but I was like. I find it quite amusing. The fact yeah. it's just the such a stupid. Well, not just a twist, but like the whole premise was just all a bit stupid. <laughs> I find yeah. just like little boy Brahms. He's like a little, he's a little porcelain dolly, and uh, we've got to keep look after him. But he's got to be alright. You'd be like, you could, you'd be like, you guys are insane. See you later. <laughs> I don't think you would. But, I mean, um, they're paying you, aren't they? So yeah, they're paying you. Me. Uh, not you. And I also saw Although, yeah. last one, not horror. <laughs> yeah. Last one, Birds of Prey, uh, huh. the Harley Quinn movie, which I thought was pretty good. It was camp, colorful, over the top, good like girl gang film. Um, Renamed feels it, like I've read. A, a, yeah, so apparently it didn't. This is weird because I've read a lot of things about it not making much money, but in terms of its budget, it's made that back 
and it's done pretty well internationally. I think they were looking at the sort of American figures and mm. comparing it to things like Justice League and Batman versus Superman, which had like a budget four times as big as it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'm sure it'll make its money enough. It reminded me in places a bit like the Schumacher Batman films, but not to its detriment. Like right. Ewan McGregor's character <laughs> was, was really... Ewan McGregor's character was like really over the top. Like there's a lot of really good comic book stuff which i think perhaps the dc universe hasn't done uh, did it with aquaman it did that. it I've seen any of the it DC did it a bit apart from joker it did it a bit more with justice league because it tried to i think it if it went too dark with batman versus superman tried to be a bit more campy in justice league went like over the top with aquaman but it really worked i feel and with this it kind of feels a bit the same like it's kind of it wasn't perfect. I had a few problems with it, but I think for the most part, like mm. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is, is she's one of those actresses playing one of those characters where she's completely embodied that person now. And uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was all right. Like it, it's weird because some parts of it feel like it's trying style, style wise is still going, it's leaning into that suicide squad stuff a bit where like there's yeah. big text on the screen and, voiceovers and you know one-liners but this it like worked a lot more with this and apparently the guy for, the, who for a deadpool rap- dollar you know with the voiceovers and the, is she breaking yeah i heard about and stuff or no it's none of that but it's not far off mm. from it they possibly were going for the deadpool dollars but it didn't feel like that to me okay it felt like i had it's it felt like i had its own identity but i'm actually more yeah. excited for the new Suicide 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 Squad film, because James Gunn is making it, yeah, and he's done one of the best superhero movies with Super, which is incredibly dark yeah. and funny. And I feel like if he he's going to do a similar thing with this one, he's like he's got he's piled on the characters that he's and the actors he's got in the <clears> film. I just think, I mean he pretty much perfected the uh, ensemble superhero film with Guardians of the Galaxy, didn't he? He's going to do it. He's going to do it good. I think. And I've not I've not really read many suicide comic books, so I don't really know what they're going for. But suicide comic books, yeah. <laughs> but uh... that's bloody kill yourself, Luke. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Um, I will I will watch Birds of Prey as well. Um, but or Harley Quinn, whatever it's called. But I'll tell you what, um, I like you what it's called, mate. Is, is that all of the all the stuff you've seen? That's it. Yeah. So I've, I guess I've watched quite a lot of stuff, but I've just been just been having a little bit of a catch up, you know, with things. I don't know if I talked about it before. We, we have watched something else. We we just finished The Good Place, which is not horror in any sense of the word, but it's a wonderfully funny and tight comedy that's wrapped up now <laughs> perfectly well. Yeah. Um, and it's great. It's one of my favorite sitcom type comedies I've seen in a long time. I've heard good things. It is really good. Yeah, it's really funny. Okay, uh, so over next, The Color Out of Space. Which, um... Colour Out of Space, you bastard. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah. Do you want to give you a little bit about it? So, Colour Out of Space is a 2019 um, American science fiction cosmic horror film directed by Richard Stanley based on the short story The Colour Out of Space Space <laughs> by H. The Colour Out of Spain. By H. <laughs> the Colour Out of Spain. Have you been to Spain? You've got some colour on your face. You've really caught the sun. Um, Colour Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft. Stars Nicolas Cage, Jolie Richardson, Madeline Arthur, and Tommy Chong, uh, amongst other people. 
Stanley's first feature film since his firing from the island of Dr. Moreau, which didn't end up that good either, did it? Val Kilmer. <laughs> I've Brown. not seen it. Oh my God, I've, I've seen, seen the it. documentary. What was it called? Uh, there's a documentary about it. Have, have you seen it? It's. I don't think so. Pretty amazing. Okay. This is this film is a weird film because Richard Stanley, who was a South African guy who in England made a film called Hardware, year, like years ago, which is a film that ripped off a, a comic book from 2000 AD. Um, although I'm not entirely sure that really holds up. He goes on to make The Island of Dr. Moreau, gets fired halfway through, disappears on the island where they're making it. He re- he reappears wearing like cat makeup or an animal makeup, and no one knows it's him, but he's living on the island and, and he's in the movie, and no one knows why he's there. <laughs> disappears. Real life. Yeah, he disappears again. Uh, he study. He goes to South Africa, lives, I don't know, somewhere. He studies magic in a sort of Alan Moore sense of the word magic, I believe. Um, he he just goes off. We, we don't hear from him for ages. And then, meanwhile, across the planet, Elijah Wood, the little amazing little Hobbit guy who's really into court and horror cinema, starts a court and horror cinema. Amazing production, little Hobbit guy <laughs> starts a production company called Spectrovision, which makes amazing films like Mandy um, and Beyond the Black Rainbow. Or well, I've not seen that, uh, but you know that's the vibe. And then they they find Richard Stanley, um, and they say. Why don't you make a really old HP Lovecraft short story into a film? And it just doesn't sound like it's even plausible. That's not how is that going to work? This guy's not made a film for twenty years. The last one he made, he he like lost his marble or something. He lost his marbles, disappeared, was smoking weed in the jungle or whatever. He makes this film. It should not work. It would, it should not come together, but it does. And this film, it's the production of this film, in my opinion, is a miracle. Um and. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird one. It's a modern day um, miracle. Yeah, it is. So pre- premise, so premise wise, it's a secluded farm. It's struck by a strange meteorite, which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there, and possibly the world. Have you read uh, the short story? Yeah, have you? It's uh, so. Yeah, I, I read it a while ago, but I didn't remember much of it. So I listened to like a a little narrated version recently. Uh, yeah, and. I think they've captured a lot of it pretty well. Yeah, I think they've managed to capture the actual Lovecraft vibe, the cosmic horror vibe, and the the small town in the, in the New England countryside, wherever. Um, and they've also managed to mix in the Stuart Gordon, Brian Usner, eighties schlocky side of Lovecraft films, like uh, From Beyond and mm-hmm. um, those sort of films. It's managed to capture both really, really quite well. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's a. It's you know, this reminded me of the tone, the look, and the feel, and the music, and everything. It reminded me of Annihilation a lot, but this doesn't take itself anywhere yeah. near as seriously. Um, no, I, I I got the Annihilation vibes definitely. It feels way more tongue in cheek, um, and playful and sort of rebellious. It feels like it's not going to work, and in some pla- some places it doesn't work. But I kind of preferred this to Annihilation in some ways. It's, it felt wrong. I'd say, I'd I'd say right. I did, yeah. I, I don't think I was totally into Annihilation. Um, I thought it was all right, but I think I preferred this. Yeah. There we um, go, that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man, so um, we've got Nicolas Cage in it. Again, why would you put Nicolas Cage in this film? And why would you give him his, uh, like, tell him to go full-on crazy Nicolas Cage? Because there's, there's times in this where he's doing a Donald Trump impression, I'm sure. 
Like he does his bipolar thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he starts like talking like Donald yeah. Trump. Um, I guess yeah, that was that was strange. It's like it's like he's full cage, but then also does a Donald Trump impersonation, which is odd, but you know, yeah. kind of funny. Uh, Jolie Richardson is Teresa Gardner. I think that's the uh, the wife, right? Yeah, not not seen her in anything for a while. I was thinking. Uh, Madeline Arthur is Lavinia Gardner. I recognise her, the daughter from something or other. She's in this film. Oh yeah, uh, Brandon Meyer <laughs> as Benny Gardner. He was the 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 at the teenage son. Yeah, uh, he's in the OA, which is also pretty good. Uh, Julian yeah. Hilliard as Jack Gardner. As Julian Hilliard was he the little kid from The Haunting of Hill House? Like he was much yeah, younger. I recognise this sort of geeky, cute face. His little face. Yeah, and then Elliot Knight as Ward yeah. Phillips, who is uh, um, uh, it's an amazing casting choice, really. Uh, H. B. Lovecraft is well known as a massive racist, so they decided to make the main protagonist, not protagonist, main narrator. Of the story, uh, he could uh, be Lovecraft. What you got to do be racist for, mate? Bloody hell, stories are good, yeah. You massive racist, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a weird that I mean, tonally, think annihilation, but mix in, don't give it anywhere near as much money, <laughs> don't give it anywhere near as much uh, uh, care and attention to detail, <laughs> and uh, also. About two thirds of the way into the film, just expect things to not really make that much sense, but it's fine. It's fine. Just enjoy it. Um, so this, we open. There's also some magic stuff that we open with. The, um, what's the face? The daughter. She's like doing magic spells uh, down by the. So lake. yeah, she's kind of, kind of doing magic spells. Maybe just doing a bit of a, uh, Wiccan rituals, mucking about. I think she's. It's, it's kind of supposed to be linked to her, her mother's health. So we understand uh, quite early on that the wife, the mother of the family, sorry, Teresa, has had like a mastectomy. So I'm assuming maybe yeah. she's had is it cancer or yeah, some sort yeah, of, something like that. Yeah, sort of illness. But that's why they've moved to this rural farm because they're supposed to be like helping her recuperate or get away from the hustle and bustle of city life, so she can get better. Um, so he's growing tomatoes. He's got some alpacas, which he's yeah, milking. Yeah, why alpacas? That's such a... Apparently, that milk choice. is delicious. I don't know. I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Um, as the daughter is out there doing these spells... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com weightloss weight loss that's plushcare.com weightloss weight loss 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. After she comes across a uh, ward who is like a water specialist. <laughs> um, yeah. Hydrologist. He's surveying the water He just table. loves it. Yeah. Which is a big table. Yeah. So I, fit, water. I think there's going to be like a... I think he works with somebody who's going to like maybe make a hydroelectric dam around right, this yeah, place. Yeah. So it's going to, he's out there doing a bit of research. Yeah. Um, the mother of the family, although she's a mastectomy, she's also like, I believe the main breadwinner of the family. She's like yeah. trading stocks from the attic. She's got like a little 4G <laughs> she's connection. Always got bad, yeah. She's always got bad Wi-Fi. Yeah. I feel like, I feel so stressed out every time she was like losing connection because I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. we all know the problem. Imagine you lived out, out in the out in the sticks like that, and you had to rely on talking to someone. I'll oh, trade this stock, please. Sorry, I'll trade this stock right now. I break don't it up. Think in the modern world where people are like foreign doing foreign exchange market and stuff. I don't think they're on the phone. They're just tapping and yeah. clicking. Surely, tapping and clicking, mate. Come on, Jolie. <laughs> Could be saving so much time. Money. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what's his face? The young, uh, the older brother is smoking weed with the local hermit. Ezra is. Oh, it's the guy. He's from... doing what <laughs> <laughs> with the local hermit? Tommy Chung. <laughs> he's. Um, oh yeah. Well, I always think of him as uh, Leo from uh, that seventies show. But uh, uh, yeah, not everybody with that Cheech and Chong. Yeah, uh, I've not seen any Cheech and Chong. Maybe I'm missing out. He's in it. <laughs> what about Cheech? Is he in it as well? Ah, Cheech, he can he can piss off Cheech. I don't even know if he's still alive. To be fair, bless him. Rest in peace, Cheech. Uh, yeah. So, um, and there's a, there's a young young son with glasses who is a bit weird, as these young kids tend to be in films. Like he's in pain, gets headaches yep, or something. Seizures, maybe. Yeah, and he's kind of in tune. If there, there ever, ever there's something a little bit strange, these kids are in tune with it, aren't they? They see yeah. it coming yeah. a little while before. They see them with the dog, and there's a dog in this called Sam, who, like, you know, it, it's one of those situations where the dog's probably going to die in some weird way. Luckily, we don't, mm, we don't know what happens to the dog actually. Um, all the, well, no, we know after the alpacas. Okay, so uh, anyway, so the family's strange for the move. They're all kind of um, struggling to make dinner. Or something. Uh, what's the they end up having? Yeah. They haven't had sex for ages. The the mum and dad, not the rest of the family. <laughs> the rest of the family, I don't know. They, <laughs> they didn't get, the film doesn't go into that. Um, but no, glad. <laughs> so uh, what's going on? So um, yeah, yeah. So obviously she she doesn't feel attractive because obviously she's had a mastectomy, so yeah. she's obviously having issues with that. Nicholas Cage is obviously trying to make her feel better by saying, "Look, I still bloody love you, darling, and I think yeah. you're bloody gorgeous." And uh, I still would, to be honest. He says that at one point <laughs> yeah. to, to so many. He says that in. He does pretty much say that in so many words. Um, yeah, when they're sort of getting down to it, and everyone else in the house is kind of doing various things, um, a meteor crashes in the yard, mm-hmm. 
garden if you're not from America or Australia. That garden's lovely, though. Right. It gets more lovely after the the meeting. Oh yeah, yeah, it's delightful. It's like a, a wave of uh, color that sort of flashes out from. And in, I mean, the, in the story, it's like there's a it's an unknown color. Like we've never seen this color mm. before. We can't describe it. In the film, it's purple. Um, but I mean, if you're going to go for any color, do you sometimes feel you know? You know when someone says, like, talks about your perception of color, yeah. like, uh, what you so what someone describes red to be, yeah, might not look anything like that in someone else's eye. So you try to describe it, you go, well, it's red like bloody ketchup, isn't it? But then someone else's perception of ketchup might be different as well. Yeah, I always think it's weird. So if you look, you know, on a really sunny, beautiful summer's day, if you're looking at the countryside and there's like the brown mud bits and the green grass and the green leaves and the brown bark of the trees and the sky's blue and the sun's really yellow those colors all seem to complement each other really really well and i think is that just because we're we're sort of referencing that against the fact that it's a summer a summer a summy day or is or is that just um it's a summer's day yeah uh, yeah but i mean uh, uh you are right it's, <laughs> but the color's purple is what i'm saying um <laughs> Yeah, I think I understand what I understand what you're saying. Like, especially with this color out of space stuff, is that we we witness we see color in such a, a, a narrow spectrum. Yeah, that we want to see all the other colors as well. For God's sake! If your oh, name, I don't want to see them all. If you discovered a new color, and your name was Yep Hugh Brown, what would you call it? <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Brown. I don't think I'd call it Brown because everyone knows what Brown is. I'd call it like, it'd be like an unknown unknown word of noise that no one's ever made before. Yeah, that's not going to catch on. Go. Yeah. No, it's not. Sorry. You put me on the spot there, Luke. Sorry. Call it. It's difficult. It's difficult. Um, Pample. Pample. That's too close to purple. Okay, anyway, we'll come back. Pample. <laughs> It sounds like pimples are. So yeah, so basically when the when the meteor crash lands, uh the young boy kind of sees loads of colours in the in the in the house and then goes a bit wow. terrified. Yeah. Uh when they go out there to see it, the the rock is like emitting this colour which is like pulsating out everywhere. Um oh, it's also shot. like sinking into the ground. Yeah. And uh so Nathan Played by Nicolas Cage, also says that there's like a horrific smell. He hates it, doesn't he? Stinks. He's the only one that seems to notice it, though. Yeah. What do you reckon it smells like? Tarragon. Sm- <laughs> 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 I reckon it smells like the worst rotten eggs you can ever imagine. He's like, bloody hell, who's dropped one? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's probably more like, um, what is it? I think it might be tarragon. What's that flavour? Some people can't. No coriander. Some people, it, the smell or the flavor of it just doesn't agree with it's their like taste. Soap. Is that what you say? Yeah. Oh. A lot of people think, yeah, a lot of people think it tastes like soap. Hmm. I like it. Mm, soapy. Yeah. Uh, you okay. You would. So all that, all this happens. Um, the next morning, um, the news the news people arrive and interview Nicolas Cage, uh, and then Ward arrives as well, and he's um. <laughs> Looking at the end, um... <laughs> I'm just remember. I'm just remembering that the, when the interview gets shown on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna stay at my barnet. No one could give me a comb. Uh yeah. So what happens? 
water arrives and he's like, I'm going to test the water. This is weird. Uh, they, they're kind of like friends and he's also flirting with the daughter now. Um, and that's the point where Nicholas Cage says, come and look at me, alpacas. And he milks yep. them. Uh, he's well into those alpacas. Yeah. Squeeze um, and pull. Yeah. The teeth. I don't know what happens from here. Um, so basically, he um, Ward tells them not to, not to drink the water, yeah. um, and he tries to convince the mayor to kind of like do something about it. But she's, I think she doesn't want to scare off the uh, the hydro dam developers. So she's like, oh, "I'll be alright." It was a meteor. It's a bit of a weird color. Also, the the, the mayor is like a twenty five year old woman. I was thinking, which is great. Yeah, great absolutely yeah. wonderful i was a bit like who's this the bloody mayor i wonder <laughs> how she got into that i want to film about that i want to film about a hot shot young female mayor and how she became the mayor of arkham not about this meteorite yeah, yeah. boring um yeah so and then obviously we do get a, a moment where where <laughs> wait i don't think it's yet but what but i think it's but, but is it the crew the crew arrived to interview nathan that's later. Sorry, I've, I've jumped ahead. I, I think that's that morning, yeah. isn't it? All the news crew arrive, interview him, and uh... yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I think just before that is when Jack becomes like obsessed with the well, which yeah. is like emitting some sort of sound or color or sense yeah. that he's kind of drawn to. Also, um, like the, this... the grass is like growing purple flowers now. There's lots of that color starts to infect everything. Yeah. And we see this weird little uh, insect come out of the well as well. Yeah. There's some CGI bits in this film that I was like, I just wish you didn't see that so in front of the camera. They could have had that flicking around somewhere that maybe could have hidden the CGI a little bit yeah. better. But it's fine. What you yeah. Do? It looked like CGI from like, it looked like CGI of like a little fairy or something you'd see in a, a, a mid-90s fantasy film. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It did look. Like, it did look like that. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't know what happened. So, um, so okay. basically, so not long after this, yeah. um, so Nathan, so Nathan has Nathan's mm. been he sort of been interviewed by the local news, and they sort of ask him what he thinks it was and all this stuff, but on the on the news, Nathan's like really panicking. He becomes really self-conscious. He's like, look at the state of me. My hair is all over the place. So I come a I come across like a, and they question him. They say, have you been drinking? And he's a bit like, but he goes into <laughs> unnecessary detail about how much he's been drinking. He's like, I like a bit of bourbon in the evening, but I only have a little bit. Now. <laughs> it's just pointless. It's like, why would that be on the news? Have you been drinking? Yeah. So he comes across like a bit of a fool. And at um, the same time, the, the mum's yeah, making so, dinner. Because that bit, right? Yeah. Okay. She's making dinner. She's chopping some veg. You know it's going to go bad. I don't think you know if it's going to go as bad as it does get. She like lops off no. the ends of the carrots and lops off the ends of her fingers. Doesn't realize what she's done. Uh, they take her to the hospital. The kids stay behind. Uh, I think that's when more freaky stuff starts to happen around this part. The alpacas are running away or they keep appearing where they shouldn't be appearing. Um, the yeah, dog, so there's a weird maybe? thing where... Um, Nicholas Cage tells the, the son to put the alpacas away and he like leads them away but then they kind of appear back where they were initially is that yeah. right? There's a lot of weird stuff like this in this happens? film it's like I don't understand the logic of it but I think that's fine like it's supposed to be a bit of a mindfuck 
So just just go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So any inconsistencies or what you would consider plot holes, <laughs> I kind of just assume that they're there on purpose. Yeah, we're me- we're meant to be experiencing the sort of the fever dream, the mind fuck at the same time. Yeah, like Nicholas Cage is getting increasingly itchy. Uh, there's yeah, like something in the shower, that, like a jellyfish that pops out of the shower. There's a, yeah, there's a weird there? sort of like um, yeah. And he and and he shits himself and he screams, um, and then when he's harvesting his tomatoes as well, they are all like misshapen, inedible. Um, Suspense, <laughs> and he really loses his temper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really loses his temper of them because Teresa comes down and goes, "The bloody internet's gone again," and he goes, "Look at these bloody tomatoes," and he starts throwing them in the bin. He's probably so slam dunks. Them. He's given. He, he thinks he like. I think he says yeah. slam dunk as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's given like. Free reign to essentially be as much as Nicholas Cage crazy as he, as he can be. Yeah, yeah. And he does, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Which is good. Uh, so I think from here we've got the little kid who's looking at the well, which is where the uh, I think the water has been mainly infected around there, um, and he's there with the dog, yeah. and it starts flashing at him in, in the color. Uh, the dog disappears. Uh, we we imagine he dies, but we don't really see what happens to it. Um, Do we hear a no- hear a noise like a? Yeah, we hear one then. Yeah, classic horror movie yelp. Uh, it's some point as well when yeah, what's the flavors are at the hermit's little house. They're like, "Where's your cat?" I can't remember where, when this happens, but they say, "Where's your cat gone?" Uh, and then he says, "If you saw it, yeah, I don't yeah, think you'd recognize right. it anymore." Because he he knows what's going on. He's yep. listening. He's got microphones in the floors or something like that. He's he's like he he talks about how there's all these things living in the floor. Yeah, strange, mm-hmm. very strange. And when and when Nathan when Nathan and Teresa drive back from the hospital after the finger incident, the cat does run out in the road at one point, and it's like eyes are his eyes are glowing and its body's translucent. It's a little bit freaky. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Packers are getting a bit mental. Um. No one knows what's going on with them just yet. I don't know if they've like melted together yet. Something's going on, but I don't think we actually officially get to see it. Um, yeah. And there's and there's obviously a part at night where Jack goes to the bar and and then is screaming. We assume that it's because he's seen the alpacas or he's, or something's going down. And everyone kind of runs down. Teresa runs to Jack's aid. Um, yeah, this is pretty gruesome as well. This. Uh... <laughs> So this is why I mean this part probably wouldn't happen in a sort of a more higher brow higher brow film, and this is why I think yeah. I kind of love that this film just just does where it's like really punky sort of attitude. It's like yeah, if we want to go a bit mental with it, let's fuse the mum and the son together. We'll have the little son's cute face poking <laughs> out of her back, and they're like yeah. just whining in pain. And I almost felt victims. like. Yeah, so obviously these sort of the color shoots yeah. these bolts of lightning out of the barn, and and Teresa's kind of holding Jack like this, and as the as the lightning sort of goes onto them, they end up fused together yeah. to the point where they're like in some horrible deranged mass of limbs, and they all they, they do they do look like burns victims almost yeah. to the point where I'm like Jack gets sort of forgotten about. They seem to be like caring for the mum. They don't for talk Teresa. about the kid and at goes, all. <laughs> yeah. 
Jack's kind of on the back. <laughs> it's almost like they can't quite it's easy to comprehend forget, what's happened. Yeah. Yeah, like the, she's lying on the sofa and uh, she's like in pain. And then uh, Lavinia's like, yeah, I think she's reabsorbing him as if it's, well, it can happen. Sometimes <laughs> it can happen. I think she's reabsorbing him again. Yeah, I mean, he he was born from her, and now why not? Yeah, so it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty gruesome, and the creature, the the, uh, the sorry, not creature effects as such, but the sort of body horror effects here are pretty good. Everything yeah, that's wet, yeah, yeah that's what I like. Looks, Sticky, looks pretty creepy. I don't understand. So they they put her in the Sticky. attic. They're like, we can't have her in in the living room where she's comfy. The attic is where this kind of thing belongs. <laughs> you can't have this in the front room, sticking up the Just, carpet. Just get her out of the way. I think. I think that's yeah. the best thing to do. Is that like, you know, yeah, up in the attic where she belongs on a horrible mattress on the ground uh, <laughs> to die peacefully. Have you looked at the, the point in the though, Wikipedia? So much. Go on, sorry. No, go on. What's it say? The Wikipedia description of the mum-son combination. Um, Nathan and the other children carried a monster into the attic where they struggled to decide what to do about the miserable gibbering thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the point. Like they both, they're both obviously in absolute agony. Yeah. And even though it would be obviously the most difficult thing to do ever, like putting them out in their misery seems like the most logical thing because they are in agony. And but again, I don't think any, anyone can quite comprehend the extent of what's happened. Uh, Nicholas Cage decides to take matters into his own hands. He grabs a shotgun and goes out. To the alpacas because I think he thinks the alpacas did it. Maybe I don't know. Um, you bloody alpaca sick motherfuckers! So here's here's what I'm. So they they tastefully shot the alpacas, not with a shotgun, with a camera, and it's like you just see flashes of their faces. So you kind of left to imagination as to what the hell that thing looks like. Uh, but he shoots it, it gets blood Heads all over exploded. his face. It has that kind of weird, more low budget, uh, slow like. Um, Blood spatter effects where it's like this bit looks Mandyish. This thing looks very much like like Mandyish, but also like the thing because we kind of see the alpacas all fused together. These close ups of these pra- what I assume is mostly practical effects. Yeah, um, reminds me of the dog of the dogs in the uh, yeah, yeah. they're gnawing uh, their way through the bars in the thing. Um, yeah, so this was pretty creepy. He shoots down, gets blood like a mask of blood over his face, and goes back into the house. He's going to shoot the mum. Didn't he mention the son? Uh, but then he decides against it. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the the son is just a bonus, like a bonus kill. Yeah. Um. So. So I don't know. What's the name? The kids are like, we need to get out of here. Um. Dad's lost his mind. He's now his skin's now turning like leathery. Where he's been scratching, he's like he's started to yeah. mutate in some way as well, and it's um, almost like we're made to think that the the meteorite or the color or whatever whatever this thing is mm-hmm. is getting to him psychologically because every now and again he does sort of go from being quite calm and collected to just being absolutely insane and almost putting on this ridiculous accent, which is obviously what you said was the Donald Trump impression. Sounds to me like Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's almost like he's he's been studying right what psychopath can I emulate in yeah. my next performance? And he's been watching a lot of Trump and he's gone, yeah, I'm going to do a bit of a Trump. <laughs> um, complete, complete, complete with leathery skin. The Ward character doesn't really show up for a long time, does he? I don't think he does much or anything until right, right, right at the end. 
Because the, the, the yeah, kids yeah, are kind of so like, like stuck now with crazy dad, monster mum, and the the dog's gone. I think Ward Ward is kind of Ward is kind of we're made to think. Isn't he doing some stuff with Chong? Like doing some things. Uh, yeah. Does he? He finds Chong like it's just like a corpse. Like he's all. No, I think that's I, later on. I think that's. I think, a, yeah. I think that's a little bit later. Yeah. I think yeah. that's obviously what you're doing this whole time. So, um, yeah, I think it's around here. The the older kid, they're about to get out of there, and the older kid hears the dog in the well. He's like, "I need to get the dog out." Um, which I think you would say is stupid, but if it sounds like he's in pain, I think I think I would. Uh, but he climbs in, and like a wave of light swallows him up. He can't get away from it. Although he puts his goggles on, so I was like, "Oh, and if that's going to save him." But I don't think it does. <laughs> I'm gonna hear from him. Um, kind of like bursts out of the water, kills yeah. him. Um, and also, obviously, Nathan at this point is preparing to kill Teresa, but can't bring himself to do it. I think we kind of think that maybe he's done it, but then he then he doesn't. Yeah. And after what happens in the in the well, um, Lavinia goes a bit nuts. She's losing her grip on sanity. She's like, cut she, various. Why she do this? Does this make any sense? This is one of those things. Like, I don't know if this actually makes that much sense at all. Why is she self-mutilating and putting like Wiccan symbols on her body? I don't know. I guess we're kind of just made to think that the color affects people in different ways. Yeah. Some people lose their sanity in one way. She loses it in another. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there's a bit at the end. I've just remembered that which uh, we'll talk about. Uh, but um, so they're trying to get away from the dad. She he grabs the door, shoves her in the attic, and says, "Feed your mum." The mum is now monstrified. Is like crawling on lots yeah, of legs. The mum, and... the, mum the mum is now something out of Dead Space, right? Just yeah, this horrible yeah, yeah. creature of limbs, and I mean, pretty terrifying. And again, the CGI is pretty cool in this. I think it's not too doesn't look too bad. I think it looks good. Like the mum's head, yeah, kind of like comes. It's like on a little. It kind of pokes out. Uh, it looks bizarre and weird. I don't know why it's like a little slobbering stalk. all over it, but uh, it is. Um, by the way, so like I know um, this is a Lovecraft story, so it's got like going for it. But when I think of when I think of that kind of Lovecraftian horror, you know, you watch The Void. I was like, I feel like it's missing something. Yeah, I feel like this captures it much better. But maybe that's because it is a Lovecraft story. Uh, but my mind of cosmic yeah, monsters, I think this does it a little bit. That's a bit better. Um, but so, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Ward arrives with the sheriff and they break into the uh, attic room to save her. And you see the, the mother monster in all her glory. Um, and then they don't shoot it. Yeah. Nic- uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson, Nicholas Cage uh, shoots it. So he changes his mind again. He's normal again now. Um, <laughs> Make up your mind, for God's sake. And as they're going to Cage, leave, Donald Trump, wherever you are, <laughs> as they're going to leave, the well <clears throat> erupts with light again. Nicholas Cage goes to shoot the light, but the sheriff shoots the shoots the cage, shoots Nicholas Cage, uh, so he's dead. Uh, and as yep. Ward is trying to leave, uh, the daughter says she can't leave, and then she is this around here? Because when when do when does the tree attack the sheriff? 
So the tree attacks the sheriff and Ward and the sheriff go to um, Ezra. So I think they go to pick up Ezra to they kind of like save first. him. Okay. Yeah, there. yeah. And when they go in, they find it. They find his corpse and there's like a recording playing. Um, they realize and it, it says a lot of things about the colors trying to remake Earth into something it knows. So obviously it's an alien force. Um, the corpse like implodes, doesn't it? There's like a yeah, it, like the light sort like of a weird out of it, implosion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then. The sheriff, a tree comes to life, grabs and kills the sheriff, and Ward runs away. Um, and he goes back towards the house where Lavinia um, is caught standing, looking at the well. Color explodes at the well, and this is like the money shot, really, isn't it? As the, the color goes up into the sky in this big sort of tower of light. Very um, Marvel cinema, Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. ending. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we get that a lot, don't we? I think it was great. Um, like you, you see the sort of the Lovecraftian entities. You see like uh, weird, otherworldly alien worms and stuff. And um, there's the mm-hmm. wicked symbol she's carved into he- her head is like a totem on this other planet, some sort of religious symbol or something. It's interesting. It's really good. It feels yeah. very Richard Stanley to me from from what I've seen of his of his stuff. Um, and it's insane. The visuals are crazy. They don't quite. They don't quite work, but they do in a weird way. They're a little bit rough, a little bit dated, yep. but to me, they still work. Um, and Nicolas Cage is back alive in the house somehow, and the, the whole family's there, but he's trying to uh, grab Ward and kill him for some reason. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so he's like an apparition. It's like an apparition of him. He speaks in all his family's voices. Yeah. Um, so he's like an embodiment of, of them, isn't he? Yeah. Ward- Space and time is unraveling. At yeah. this stage, oh yeah, there's some really good visual effects where their faces like aren't moving or bits of their bodies aren't moving when they are. Uh, but so Ward escapes, he climbs into the wine cellar. It all explodes above him, and then when he comes out, it's just all it's like a big ash, ashen, barren plains. Um, and then, um, then it ends. Well. There's like an epilogue of Ward standing on the electro hydro dam, and he says the colour's gone, but he ain't drinking the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. It's um, it's an interesting one. Uh, I've got some trivia for you if you if you're up for it. I'm up for some trivia, Luke. Always, you know me. Okay, man. So um, number one is a bit of the name game for you. The the story we're looking for, the name we're looking for, rhymes with the shadow over Innsmouth. Okay, this rhymes story. What, sorry? The shadow over Innsmouth, which is a Lovecraft story. I've got yep, to pronounce okay. it that way. You'll you'll understand. This story is about an ungodly mustache that has grown over poor Lynn's top lip. <laughs> <laughs> over whose top lip? Sorry, Lynn. Lynn. Yeah. An ungodly moustache. And what is it supposed to rhyme with? The shadow. <laughs> the shadow over Innsmouth. The five o'clock shadow over Inns- <laughs> Lynn's mouth? <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. Number two. Oh, um, yeah. What do Nicolas Cage and Richard Stanley and Indiana Jones, although my things corrected this to Indian Jones... What do Nicholas Cage and Richard Stanley and Indiana Jones have in common? Um, they all 
own a whip? You probably do, yeah. But the answer you're looking for is <laughs> yeah, yeah. they all went in search of the Holy Grail. They've all gone for a legitimate okay. search for it. Um, okay, so number three, what do you, what does H what do the H and P stand for in H.P. Lovecraft? Is it A. Honest Daniel, B. Horatio Dangerous, C. Handy Dandy, D. Horrendously Dapper, or E. Howard Phillips? <laughs> Some of those you did H D, didn't you? And other of them you did H P. <laughs> You figured Didn't out my you? yeah. <laughs> you figured out my uh, Howard Phillips. Yeah, interestingly, the horribly main, racist. Yeah, interestingly, the um the main character uh, is called Ward Phillips, not the main character. The narrator, Ward Phillips, uh, a black gentleman. Uh, Howard Phillips, Lovecraft. Ward Phillips. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, uh, number four. Which of yeah. these isn't a Lovecraft story? A. The Colour Out of Space. B. Old Bugs. C. The Terrible Old Man. Or D. Hot Air. <laughs> oh, that's quite tough, actually, because I know there are some that ridiculous names. I'm going to say the one is Old Bugs. No, that's a real one. Uh, D. Hot Air. Ah. Is actually, there's actually a story called Cool Air. Which is also Aww. a ludicrous name. Okay, uh, so it's gr- number five. It's a great one. What is the name of the paperback book which Lavinia gets her spells from? Uh, necro. It's not a Necronomicon, but it's something similar, isn't it? Necro. Yeah, it's a Necronomicon. Necron. Necronomicon. Okay, yeah. there we go. I knew that. Um, it's like a, it's like a little eighties horror paperback looking thing in, in, in this. It's cool. Um, okay, so yeah, we need to rate I it, read it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I I, I was a bit unsure of this uh, going into it and sort of it during, but it went into some pretty nice places and it didn't feel too hammy, which I was obviously kind of expecting with Nicolas Cage, especially when he started going full Nicolas Cage. But yeah, and. Apparently, gruesome bits, loads of cool things, and since like re reminding myself of the short story, I think it captured a lot of it really well. Even though obviously it's set in a completely different time period, but it kind of captured the otherworldly, unknown, strange, mm. inhuman, bizarre time and space stuff really well. Uh, and the color that you can't even see with your eyes uh, is, is purple. Just just tell someone, just tell H.P. Lovecraft this it's purple, mate. Come on. Howard. Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty. Yeah. Go on, mate. Uh, so yeah, I was pretty pretty into it. I think I'd give it a B. Interesting. I think uh, I really wasn't wasn't sure what to expect from this film. Like I said, it's a miracle that it got made, uh, and I think it's amazing that Richard Stanley had to go through all of this twenty years, thirty years of craziness to make a yeah. pretty awesome fucking film. Like it's. A great Maybe that. film, I think. Uh, it's um, it's it's weird. It's horrific. It's got the sort of dirty, punky quality to it that I really like, and it's got all the Lovecraft vibes. I mean, I I'm giving this an A minus. I really really liked it. Oh, awesome! It's a pretty good. Like, what's the, when's the last time we had as good a Lovecraft um, adaptation as this? 
I think this is the best one of the best Lovecraft films. I can't think of anything that really the best captures. Yeah. Not, well, maybe not the, the best, but it really captures the Lovecraft vibe. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was it was a, a very nice surprise. And let's talk about the soundtrack as well. So it's Colin Stetson yeah, um, who yeah. did Hereditary, which I like listen to all the time. But this is like it captures just like the synth wave horror creepy stuff, which I absolutely love, but this soundtrack is absolutely chock full of it. So if you enjoy that sort of stuff, check it out. Yeah. He's, uh, have you seen uh, the YouTube videos of Colin Stetson? He does the, um, like the endless saxophone sort of playing where it's like, he's breathing in at the same time as right. breathing out or something. So he's kind of breathing in for his nose and sh- pumping it out of his mouth. Sh- sh- showing off. Yeah, but that's how he makes that that sound that we know from Hereditary. That's sort of like a droning yeah, yeah. uh brass sound. That's how he makes it. Um yeah, it's fantastic. It is good. Um Yeah. Talented next, man. Next week we're gonna do um Underwater. Uh but that's yep. that's that's not today, that's next week. So is there anything else yep. you want to say? Uh there's nothing else I want to say apart from just take care of yourselves um, and watch this film. If yeah. you haven't watched this film and you've listened to this whole podcast, first of all, you've ruined it for yourself. Second of all, go and watch the bloody film because it's a, it's a good one. Yeah. Very nice. So I think it would have definitely got into my favorites of last year. If we'd done that, if we'd done that episode prior to this. Yeah. yeah. After this. So. Yeah, it definitely would be, would have been for me. Uh, okay, so become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners who enjoyed the show. Consider giving us a rating review on iTunes. Head over to Facebook, join the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board Advisors. Thanks to Mikoa Ben for being our, our dude. Thanks so much, Luke. It's been a pleasure. Cool, man. I'm going to stop the thing Take now. care. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.